The Greek philosopher Plato tells us that necessity is the mother of invention. And this has proven true time and time again. Every modern convenience in our home was created to solve a problem or meet a need. But material possessions are not the only things a human mind can create, nor are they the most dangerous. No, no, that title belongs to stories. Stories do not just affect our day-to-day -day interactions, they infect our minds. If someone tells you there's a ghost in their home, what will you see in the dark corners? Can you trust your mind to explain the fear away, or has the story strangled it? Stories create the monsters under our bed, the whispers in the attic, the ghosts in a dark corner. But what happens when the story hasn't come from someone else? What if it came from you? What happens when your scary story is real? I'm Holly. I'm Leslie. And we would be dead. ghost story today. Hi, Leslie. Hey, Allie. Hi, fiends. All our fiends. Yes, we're excited to tell you a super scary ghost story today. You're super excited to I, tell a super ghost, super scary ghost story. I am very excited about it. I like ghost stories a lot, and this one has a lot of uh, historical facts in it, too, so. Okay, I like history. We're not just going from nothing, but before we begin, let's give some shout-outs to our fiends who have done us a kindness and sent us a review. Yes. Yes, we love you so much. This is really awesome that you guys are taking time out of your day, not only to listen to us, but to say nice things about us. Yes. <laughs> I know, we do appreciate that. So, so, so much. <laughs> so our shout-outs this week go to Rachel S. and Rachel C. Rachel C. was actually our first reviewer on our Podbean app. Right, and we didn't, we're so sorry, Rachel C. Yeah. You weren't forgotten. We didn't see Podbean. We love yeah. you so much. Also, I feel like we're in middle school. I know. Rachel S. was on this platform and Rachel C. was on the other one. Rachel C. has brown hair and... <laughs> so does Rachel S. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's why we have to go with the letter. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Uh, also to Dave, who we now dedicate all our catchphrases of this episode to because yes. he appreciates them. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. We do it for you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> to Shayna and Jim. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for all your kind words. And I know you guys are all hanging on the edges of your seat there, wondering what Heidi had to say. Heidi, Heidi from, from Book, Book Club. Club. <laughs> We're waiting, too. Yeah, we are waiting. Um, tick, tick. Heidi from I Book Club. I got a message from her today that she started listening. So, I mean, it's been a couple hours. I feel like she should have been done. I mean, we're going to see. Yeah, we'll see. She's famous now, though. So yeah. That's famous to the 25 people. Yeah. <laughs> that are our avid listeners. Okay. So, without further ado, let's get into the story. Okay. Oh, I forgot to introduce it. Uh, we're going to talk about the Bell Witch today, which is one of my very favorite ghost stories. It's kind of lesser known, 
I think there's a lot of information of it out about it out there in the world, but it's a, like a Tennessee legend too. So it might just be to us that we don't know it as much, but it's a, a really fun uh, American ghost story. Okay. Okay. John Bell was born in Edgecombe County, North Carolina in 1750. From all accounts, Bell had a normal for the time childhood. We probably would consider it awful, but like he didn't know any better, so it was great. He went on to be an apprentice barrel maker. Now, apprenticeship at the time meant that you would learn a trade by simultaneously working in it, often in exchange for room and board, and after a few years, very meager pay. It's kind of a racket because you didn't really make any money and you did a lot of undesirable work. But a kid could work their way up to a good, reliable lifetime of employment in a trade like this. And at the time, that was the best most people could hope for. Sometimes parents would even pay to have their child be an apprentice. In those days, higher learning was a rarity, so apprenticeship could have been to them like what college is to us. So John Bell was set up for a very comfortable life of barrel making. Fun fact! Okay. Yay! Traditionally, a barrel maker is called a cooper. And one way families earned their surname back in old-timey times was by the use of their trade. Therefore, it stands to reason that at some point in time, Bradley Cooper's family was making some super sexy barrels. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Yep. Oh, and also, if you know someone whose last name is like Genital Stomper, you probably shouldn't go to their family reunions. No. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to dig deep into that family history. <laughs> they probably did some less than good. They probably didn't yeah. make barrels. Do you know anyone with that last name? Not yet. Genital stopper? Not yet. Hmm. If they're out there, don't contact us. Might have like another kind of like accent to the name. You know how they change change it when you come over? Oh. Genital stompe? Stapa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Genital stapa. Yeah, that's their last name. Genital don't come here. Stapa. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. I like that. Why did I just give you all that useless trivia about apprenticeship? Well, because it speaks to John Bell's character, that he just threw out all that job security to pursue his lifetime dream of becoming a farmer. Yeah, as one does. Which was risky back then, Mm -hmm. because you didn't have much resources. And he was set up really well. But John was a stubborn man, and he had to have things his way. John bought a small farm while he was making barrels, and married Lucy Williams, a local farmer's daughter, in 1782. Lucy was born in 1970, so if you know how to do math, you know that she was 12 at the time of their marriage, and John was 32. Mm, Prime age. Yeah, so much of that going on. Yeah. But the thing is, it wasn't expected or widely done. It wasn't like little girls married old men all the time in America back then. Yeah. It would have stood, I mean, I guess it was a rural community and he was a stable, I don't know. Well, she got her period and they needed to send her off. I don't know that she even did and that'll come back in a second. Oh, God. Not really, but kind of. (laughs) Okay. After their wedding, John and Lucy settled on John's farm. During the course of the next eight years, John and Lucy became some of the area's most successful planters, which is like vegetable farmers. And they had their first child, a son, Jesse, in 1790. So, for our math friends, that would put Lucy at 20 years old at the time of his birth. Thank God. Wow. <laughs> so maybe she was a late bloomer. We don't know. Yeah, maybe in, in Twilight, maybe it was, it was like called imprinting. You know, yeah. so maybe he imprinted on her, but then waited till she was old enough yeah. to have a romantic relationship. Maybe. 
Maybe he just like bought her and waited until it was time. I hated that I talked about Twilight. <laughs> it's not going to be the last time, and I don't know that it's the first, so. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. John and Lucy went on to have a total of eight children. Yes. Mm-hmm, they had lots. Jesse in 1790, John Jr. in 1793. Drury. What kind of name is I know. We're going to just assume they called him Drew and skip okay. over that. Nickname. In 1796. <laughs> Again, yeah, don't go by Drury or yeah. Daniel. Come on. <laughs> Unless your dad's name is Daniel in which, and goes by Dan, in which case that's fine. <laughs> so many angry Daniels. <laughs> no. Esther in 1800. Zadok in 1803. That's a cool name. Mm-hmm. Betsy in 1806, Richard in 1811, and Joel in 1813. Okay. That is 20 years of birth and babies. Thankfully, Lucy was an adult for all 20 of them. And poor Zadok. <laughs> I think he has the best name. I mean, yeah. Or she, do you he, know? He. He. He went on to be a lawyer. But then he died when he was like 22. No. Oh. Oh, good. But they had seven kids with relatively normal names. We're just going to call Drury Drew. And then, like, one alien. <laughs> yeah. Well, compared to Drury. Zadok. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he did well for himself, so it's okay. In 1804, the Bell's crops began to fail, and so they decided to move. In the winter of 1804 into 1805, John, Lucy, and their five children traveled over treacherous mountains to an area of Tennessee called... The Barren Plains. That sounds promising. Right? You want to move to the Barren Plains. Great. And this would be present-day Robertson County, Tennessee. The Bells quickly were able to set up their home and farm and become active members of the community and the Red River Church. They were good at farming. Everything became successful super fast. I don't know. For the next 11 years, life for the Bells was simple and good. That is until they got on the wrong side of Kate Batts. Kate was a distant relative of Lucy's. The Batts and the Williamses, which is Lucy's family name, were connected by marriage several times. But the important one was that Kate was Lucy's brother's daughter, so Lucy's niece. There are no dates on Kate Batts' birth. I looked everywhere, even like find a grave. There's just none on when she was born. But remember, people had babies for long periods of their lives back then, and Lucy was 12 when she got married, so they really could have been quite close in age. Kate married Frederick Batts, and Kate and Frederick also wanted to settle down in Tennessee, so they bought a small piece of land from the Bells. So, like, they basically bought a corner of their property. Okay. Kate and Frederick built a small cottage on their new land and went about starting their life together. Now, there are a ton of rumors about what Kate Batts was, and I think a lot of those things are just that, rumors. I don't think she was like a huge hulking beast of a woman, which a lot of them include, and is nuts. <laughs> it's not necessary. They said she s- sat on men at church revivals. <laughs> I can't. That's such a funny thing to... <laughs> what a detail to be like, yeah, she sat on some guys. Oh, okay. Was- she was stuffed. They also said she, like, Pied Piper enslaved local children. Like, she'd make them do all her tasks. Yeah. Because, like, I sat on that guy. What am I going to do to you? Yeah. She was just asking the, na- the neighbor boys to come over. and They're in every episode. <laughs> I love the neighbor boys. That's a T-shirt. She just needed some chores done. She sure did. 
But this is some gingerbread house level bullshit right there. And it's included, like these facts are peppered into some versions of the story and it really seems like they're for storytelling's sake. But they're there, so I included them. I just had an image of her inviting the neighbor boys over to do some chores and them being like, yeah, and our reward was that she sat on our laps. (laughs) He was great. We go back every weekend. I'm pretty glad that that's your image of it because what they were really implying is that she was like sitting on their chest forcing them to do things at church revivals. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was like, like she was just being kind of slutty. Except the Lord. And then she was like sitting on them. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, I like that there are two different versions of that. <laughs> Delightful. But I do believe that Kate was different than most. She is nearly always referred to as a witch who made potions and concoctions for locals of the village. In reality, what she most likely was was superstitious and a midwife. A homeopath. Yeah. Back then, a lot of that was midwifery. People who had your babies and made you a potion for your cold and just remedies and things like that. They would have burned me at the stake. 100% (laughs) they would have. (laughs) She had traditional remedies for everything from indigestion to jealousy to bad spirits. She was outspoken, to be certain. She is frequently referred to as mean and cantankerous. And hell, maybe she was. Some people are cranky, and there was no electricity or indoor plumbing. Yeah. I wouldn't have been happy. Mm-mm. You gotta pee outside? <sighs> Worst. Rough, rough life. I know. Farming ain't easy. <laughs> Kate was fond of her Aunt Lucy and would send her fruit and remedies when she was unwell, but she was not fond of John. The two had always had a contentious relationship because Kate felt that he had cheated her out of some of the land she bought from him. When John began using pieces of the land Kate and her husband had purchased for his own personal gain, Kate was furious. So basically he would be like kind of going into their yard with his crops. Okay. He would be using part of their land like to extend where he was planting and stuff. Now, pissing off the woman who was rumored to be the town witch is seemingly not the smartest idea. But as I said before, John Bell was a stubborn man. One day, Kate decided she had reached her breaking point and that she would confront John Bell about her land. It did not go well. The two had a heated argument. John flatly denied the land in question rightfully belonged to Kate, who was unfortunately powerless, as from what I can uncover, there were no official documents written up for their land purchase. Oh. Get it in writing. Have a lawyer. Come on, people. Where was Zadok when they needed him? He wasn't a lawyer yet. He was like a baby. Oh. Zadok. <laughs> Damn it, Zadok. Even, if only he were older. But that's why you never mix family and money. Yeah. Because a handshake deal was good enough for them, but as it turned out, it wasn't. So Kate shouted that she cursed John Bell and that she would send her witch after him. Ooh. I know. John and she exchanged a few more heated words, and then they stormed off to their respective homes. Now, I have no idea how serious a curse would have been taken at that point in time, but the heat of it, in the heat of the argument, apparently John just blew it off. Salem was just over 100 years in the past, so calling people witches might not have sat well. Right. That was kind of a big deal. But it also could have come out more like sarcastic because weren't the mm-hmm. townspeople calling her a witch? Yeah. So, and he was like, she's not a witch. She just 
does these things. So well, maybe he never stood up for her in any way. Maybe he believed it. We don't really know. Well, that's right. He might be maybe yeah. just thought it was kind of a funny thing that yeah. they did. So for her to say that, he was just like, yeah, he, d- he definitely didn't take her seriously and just went home. Yeah. And nothing was resolved. He kept doing what he was doing. She kept being mad. Soon after this exchange, strange things began to happen. In the winter of 1817, John Bell was out surveying his land when he reached the far corner of his property. He saw a creature unlike anything he had ever seen. Crouched in the field, it had the body of a dog, the head of a rabbit, and the face of a young girl. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's- what? I just thought it was going to be some ghosts, Holly. <laughs> This, what is this? I know, that's a really horrible. It's like that terrible puppy baby monkey thing. Uh, mm-mm. Okay, can you can can you describe it again? It had the the body of a dog, the head of a rabbit, and the face of a young girl. Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. It's a really gross and difficult image to At first, up. I was like, oh, but it has a bunny head. And I was like, oh, but a little girl's face. <laughs> it comes to get you in the end. Terrible. Okay, like, but maybe if, it, maybe if I got to know it and I had, like, a great sense of humor or something. I, no, that would never happen. <laughs> maybe I wouldn't judge it as harshly. Listen, if you're a dog person with a rabbit head and a girl face, keep listening. We love you anyway. It's <laughs> a lot of those about. <laughs> But right now, I'm inclined to kind of want to kill it with fire. I agree. And John Bell agreed, too. He reached for his rifle, because everyone had rifles all the time back then, and shot at it. Unfortunately, he missed. And the unsettling chimera ran back into the woods. Word of the day! Yeah! I know. I love a good big word, and we've done it a couple times, so I'm going to try and put it into everyone. So today's word, and Leslie wants to scream if I say it again, like Pee Wee Herman. (laughs) Today's word is chimera. (laughs) It means a monster made up of two or more individual creatures. Humans can actually be a chimera if they have a bone marrow transplant or absorb their own twin in utero, giving them two sets of DNA. So you'd be two things, technically, two people. Like a liger. Yeah, like a liger. Very good. (laughs) You're learning. And that is the word of the day. But it's three things, so is that a different word? No, it's two or, is or more. minimum of yeah. two or more? You can't just be one guy and be a chimera. You need to be a special uh, kind of monster. <laughs> special kind of monster. You just wanted me to say it again. Yeah. <laughs> John brought his son, John Jr., at least I think it was that one. There were, like, a lot of them around, so don't hold me to that, out to help search for this creature, but no sign of it ever appeared. After that, the Bell children began having their own strange sightings. Drewery, we're going to call him Drew, <laughs> Drew Bell saw an enormous bird on the fence that looked like a vulture. Okay. Drew is today's no, he does not have a head injury. Vultures are big, Drew. You just <laughs> saw a vulture. <laughs> it's okay, though. You can still be involved. We'll still like let you be in on it. Yeah. It's fine. Far more frightening, Betsy Bell began seeing a young girl in a green dress swinging from the ling- limb of an oak tree. I hate this so much. I know. Okay. When she approached the girl, she would be gone. As though she just disappeared into thin air. As all little girls do. And kid ghosts are the worst. They're the worst. I don't know what it is about them, but kid ghosts are just the most mm-hmm. frightening. For a lot of us. It's not just us. No, it's everyone knows. That everyone it's the knows worst. kid ghosts are the worst. That's this week's catchphrase, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're seeing scary creatures, other strange activities began in the bell house. First, it was the scratching. <laughs> 
Members of the Bell family began to wake up in the middle of the night to the sounds of scratching in the walls. They would hear scratching and clawing, and sometimes they would hear and feel the sensation of rats gnawing on their bedposts. Okay. But when they sat up (laughs) to find them, nothing was there. Okay. (laughs) Wouldn't you be horrified if that happened? It's just gnawing. I hate the word gnawing. Chewing? (laughs) Yeah. Next came the whispers. (laughs) Leslie's dying. She's also snuggling with my stuffed porg right now. (laughs) I will take a picture for you guys. It's delightful. (laughs) The bell house suddenly became alive with barely audible whispering. It began in the middle of the night, but soon began to bleed into all hours of the day. It was described as sounding like an old woman whispering hymns which ranks pretty high on the scale of scary sounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is like the scariest sound? Like what would you hear that would scare you the most? Well, I did hear a ghost whisper mm-hmm. when I worked at the Ugly Mug. And I was, really? it was late at night. It was, would have been like 2 a.m. We were closing up and there was, it sounded like two little girls giggling. Kid ghosts are the worst. Yep, kid ghosts are the worst. That, that one was, yeah, that one was tough. But I don't, oh. this one... An old woman whispering hymns, so it's like religious stuff. Yeah, because even if she was real, that would have also been creepy. That has exorcism (laughs) vibes, which I don't like at all. That's what gets to me, exorcism stories. I hate them. They scare me so much. Exorcism and aliens, I can't handle that. Right, well, because exorcisms are like, I mean, they could technically be real. Like you, people believe that they happen. Yeah. That one to me is like a psychological thing. Same with aliens. We don't, it's selfish to believe there's nothing else in the world out there at all. Exactly, yeah. So, anyway, now you guys all know how to scare me. So, great. And me. <sighs> Which doesn't take much. <laughs> it does not take much. <laughs> Just kind of poke your head in the door and I'll be like, <laughs> As the whispers gained momentum, John Bell began to fall ill. He was exhausted and his face had begun to twitch and tingle. Mm. These events had slowly unfolded over the course of a year, which I can only imagine was all the more maddening. It's like the old frog, uh, boiling a frog theory. If you do it very slowly, he won't notice and never try and get out of the pot. Oh. I know it's sad, but it's like, yeah. it's a true analogy. If you trickle things in slowly, you're not going to notice as abnormal as it is. Mm-hmm. That was phrased real weirdly, but it's fine. I'm going to let y'all keep it. By 1819, the presence was speaking in a full voice and pulling the covers off members of the family during the night. Once it had gained the ability to speak with authority... The presence proclaimed it was, quote, a spirit saying, quote, I was once very happy, but now I am disturbed. The angry poltergeist made it clear that its mission was to dispose of old Jack, which is what she called John Bell. All of the members of the Bell family felt the effects of the Bell Witch as it came to be known, but none so much as Betsy. While having the covers pulled off of you while you're sleeping can be disturbing, Betsy was suffering from vicious attacks while the rest of the house slept. She would be pinched and slapped. Invisible claws would rake scratches into her arms and legs. She was choked, her hair pulled, dragged from the bed onto the floor. Betsy barely slept for fear of the Bell Witch. Yeah. I know, right? Like, nobody would. And they they were probably all in the same room. Uh, There probably were several children. 
yeah. in the same room. Whenever this is portrayed in movies, which there are a few, and I'll, I'll tell you guys at another time, none of them really tell the story factually, but they're good movies nonetheless. They always portray her in her own room. Okay, but I feel like they'd be There's at least eight a couple. children. Yeah, yeah, there'd be there probably were other girls in that room, so they would have witnessed this happening. But it's it's such an old story that a lot of it is very vague. Some speculate that Betsy suffered from suffered the greatest because she was John's favorite. Still, others say that it was because of her engagement. Betsy had attracted the attention of her school teacher, Richard Powell. Betsy was eleven at the time. Oh, the story just gets worse. I know. And he expressed interest in marrying her. Betsy, however, had fallen in love, or whatever love was, at 11, with a boy named Joshua Gardner. Oh, I know, cute, right? And she agreed to marry him. The witch made it well known that she did not approve of this match, and Betsy suffered because of her refusal to break the engagement. But Holly, you must be saying, how can we rely solely on accounts from the family members? Maybe they had a shared delusion, or ate some bread with air got in it, or all had lasting resentment because they could have been living in a city with Bradley Cooper's ancestors, making barrels. These were all of my thoughts. Yeah, and probably reading a book that wasn't the Bible. Yeah. See? Could have been a good time. There needs to be more proof for me to believe this nonsense. Oh, don't worry, there is. (laughs) I already believe. (laughs) (laughs) At first, the Bells kept what they called their family troubles, which sounds just like a divorce, but no, that's what they called it. They kept them a secret, and John had instructed them all to say nothing to anyone. But as time kept marching forward, this became impossible, and rumors swirled around them. Dear friends of the Bell family, James Johnson and his wife, no name Johnson. Poor wife had no name mentioned anywhere, (laughs) which is very upsetting. I mean, couldn't it just be like Mrs. Johnson? It just says his wife. It doesn't even say that. It says James and his wife. Yeah. So (laughs) cool. They expressed their concern to John and Lucy. And the Bells then confessed all of the occurrences that had been plaguing them. James and No Name agreed to spend the night at the Bell House, probably to prove they were totally crazy, but they wouldn't have that chance. James and No Name got the full-on ghost show. See, I think that Mrs. Johnson would have been a nicer name than No Name. (laughs) I think you're doing her more of a favor. (laughs) But it's funnier to say No Name. It is funnier. I'll allow it. Thank you. What's the word of the day? No. I'm not <laughs> saying it. You're going to shout. It's Chimera. Uh. <laughs> so the Johnsons got the full ghost show. Voices scratching, covers being ripped off the bed, Betsy shouting. The next morning, they proclaimed that the house was under the influence of a spirit of biblical proportions. Yes. Nice. The Bell Witch knew how to get some Yelp reviews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she can help us. Not proof enough? How about a president? John and three of his sons, Brewery, also John and Zoltan, or whatever their names were, <laughs> had fought under Andrew Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. And rumors of their haunting had made its way to him. Jackson, being a spooky, bloodthirsty kind of guy himself, had to go check it out. Jackson and his squad of soldiers approached the Bell House And when the horses came to the line of the Bell property, like when they would step onto their land, they refused to continue. The horses stopped dead in their tracks and would not move any longer. Jackson proclaimed that this must be the work of the Bell Witch, and a disembodied female voice filled the air around them, proclaiming that they would see more of her later. 
Yeah, but that was more than enough evil ghost shenanigans for them. So they decided it was best to moonwalk out of there. Bye. Andrew Jackson had to be president later. He was very busy. Yeah. He's super reliable source, too. Oh, yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of, in, in, like, different retellings of it, there's a lot of, like, Jackson went to the farm and talked to John Bell about Native American stuff, which I don't, I'm not on board. I don't want to talk about any of that. No. We do not agree with a lot of Andrew Jackson's choices. No. So I left it. It's You can research that on your own if you wanted to talk about it, but yeah, we're going to, the best I can do is tell you that it exists. The Bell family's struggles continued. The voice could be heard delivering sermons. A local pre- preacher was simultaneously delivering 13 miles away, word for word. Betsy and her father continued to be tortured. John's illness had progressed, and half of his face and mouth were completely paralyzed. He lacked the strength to get out of bed. John began to have seizures, and so strong were the injuries called by the bell witch, caused by the bell witch that he could no longer even put on shoes. When he was sleeping, she would scratch his feet and stick them with pins. He couldn't leave the house at all. It was clear that John's time on this earth was coming to an end. By December of 1820, John Bell was having near-constant seizures and was in and out of consciousness. On the morning of December 20th, 1820, John Bell's family discovered him dead in his bed. A small vial of liquid lay near him on the floor. The Bells had never seen this medicine before, and they are extremely suspect of its nature. John Jr. fed some of it to the family cat, who winced, sputtered, coughed, convulsed, and expired. Oh, don't give it to the cat. Why'd they give it to the cat? Go get the weird rabbit thing. <laughs> yeah, we, what has happened to that creature? They never see it again. They never see it again? Mm-hmm. That was like out there in the ether? Yeah, you could see it maybe. Yeah, I, I can see it very clearly <laughs> in my head. <laughs> it was concluded that John had died, obviously, and the voice filled the room, confirming that she had given old Jack the liquid and watched him die, fulfilling her task at long last. After John's death, the voices and the scratching and the torment stopped for the entire family except Betsy. In the fall of 1821, Betsy broke her engagement to Joshua Gardner and agreed to marry schoolteacher and creepy old pedo Richard Powell. After this, the haunting stopped. Some say Powell was an amateur occultist and struck up a deal with the Bell Witch, adding to her orders from Kate Batts. Oh, this is like deep. Right? So what do we make of all this? How does one dissect a historically documented haunting? Well, there are a lot of theories. First, let me dispel the versions of the story that claim the witch was Kate Batts' ghost. Kate Batts was as real of a person as John Bell, and she died 20 years after him. Yeah, I was going to say, she didn't die. She, she sent was... a spirit after him. Okay. Is the most reliable version of the story because you can find genealogy information, which I did, on Cape Batts, and she died in the 1840s, so it was surely not her ghost. There are birth and death... Well, I guess there's birth somewhere out there, but I can't find the year, and death records out there to prove that. One theory states that John Bell had a neurological disorder and the rest of the family fell under that kind of hysteria that was so popular during the time. Bell's palsy is a very real form of temporary facial paralysis caused by swelling around the facial nerve, and that causes half of your face to stop doing its job and generally generally look real spooky. While John Bell almost definitely had this, Bell's palsy was named for Sir Charles Bell, the doctor who discovered it. Totally no relation. Very weird. Yeah. But he did connect those two things. Bell's palsy is temporary, 
and it resolves on its own. It's caused by a virus or an STI, diabetes, pregnancy, or anything else that can generally just make your face inflamed. Yeah. Another theory is that some people claim a member of Bell's family poisoned him. This is entirely possible, as his symptoms do match those of strychnine poisoning. So theoretically, somebody could have been slowly poisoning him over time. And the hysteria kind of matched the occurrences. Again, like, there's... Religion is a big deal to people back then. And so is any kind of spiritual thing. They don't have a lot of science to base stuff in. So if something is hinted at like that, they're like, oh, it must have happened because a spirit. They're going to be on board fully. Right. Some people say that Betsy Bell's issues were orchestrated by herself and Joshua Gardner to ward off the creepy school teacher. Okay. But that failed spectacularly in the end, so yeah. I don't know how that would have been. Now, I think it could have been um, some sort of undiagnosed illness. He could have been, in my research, a diabetic, because that's one of those things that causes the facial paralysis, Bell's mm-hmm. palsy. Yeah. And what would you have done for diabetes back then? Yeah. Nothing. It would have just slowly killed you. And he had the injuries on his feet, which diabetes does to you. Yep. He had the tingling in his face. He was tired. He had convulsions. He was comatose at some points. I'm not a doctor. Although, yeah. although I'm a fake doctor. You are a fake doctor. Dr. Von Holly Sandra. That's me. <laughs> I have a lot of titles yeah. now. But I think it could have been something like that. And if you had no explanation to horrible events that were occurring in your life back then, you would just find one. So then would you think, but then Betsy's connection, I mean, she was very different. I mean, she could have mm-hmm. just been trying to mimic. It could have just caught on, yeah. like the Salem witch hysteria. It's very yeah. similar. Like one girl did it and then they all did it. Or it could have been supernatural. We don't know. These are all theories. So in the end, it's pretty much up to you to decide what you think happened. And please tell us if you have a theory. I would love to hear it. It is undeniable that something happened in the Bell House, but we will never truly know what that something was. Yeah, yeah creepy, we need right? Sherlock Holmes on this. We need Dr. House. Yeah. They're the same character. Never I mind. Think, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's the same. So I don't know. Do you what? What do you think it was? Do you think it was the diabetes? The I diabetes. Think it was the diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> I think. And I am not a person that wants to poke holes in ghost stories. I'm here for them. Yeah. I think it had something to jo- something to do with John Bell having an undiagnosed issue. Whether it was neurological or it was a diabetic issue. I think that his problems were probably caused by that somewhat. I also think that there's credence to like one of his family members poisoned him. Maybe Betsy did it. Maybe. She was the one most involved. She would have the most to gain by perpetuating the rumor that it was a, a spirit. Yeah. So she put on the biggest show. Maybe he was. Maybe he didn't like her engagement either. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a lot of say in that. Yeah. I mean, and there were so many kids. One of them was bound to be a little crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we don't know the issues they had, the inner family issues they had. Some That's of the right, movies yeah. speculate on this. I'm not going to ruin them for you. Yeah. They're good. At least the, the newest one. I think it's called An American Haunting. I don't, I'll put it on our social media somewhere. It's a great movie. It's based on the legend of the Bell Witch. The reasons they give have not been substantiated or even hinted at anywhere. But they're great. So. Does, I mean, do you think Kate had anything to do with it? I, don't. I feel like. 
I mean, do you, I think that she did in the sense because she was doing those little elixirs, so maybe that's where they yeah, got some of they that. Could, maybe, maybe Betsy could have gotten it from her. Yeah, maybe aunt, in the right? end so. she could have sent that over. There are some accounts that claim that the bottle looked like other bottles that had his medicine in it, so he just thought <gasps> he was taking his medicine and it was poison I have, instead. I have an idea. What? Tell me. Okay, what if Betsy, you know, got really pissed off at her dad mm-hmm. and knew that Kate and her dad were fighting? So she went over there and maybe made a whole plan with Kate. Could be. And so Kate could have been the one to be like, all right, but you also have to act like the witch is coming after you. Yeah, that's a good theory. I like that one. Some people also theorize it was Lucy, which there's, I don't know why, but they just say like, you know, the wife did it. It's always the wife. <laughs> it's usually, always the husband. Usually it's the husband. <laughs> yeah, but in this case, I guess it could have been the wife. So... Who do we want to toast today? Now, I know who I want to. Who do you think? Uh, let's see. Don't say Zadok just because you like his name. <laughs> Poor Zadok. He died. I know. He died young, but he was a lawyer. He's the only one that got a higher education. So yeah. good for him. Definitely not Andrew Jackson. They're like, we gave you a garbage <laughs> name so you can also go to law school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of want to toast to Joshua Gardner. Really? Poor, poor kid. Oh, see, mine was Kate. Kate? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Because I think that she, first of all, I think you would have loved her. I would have was... loved her, but she clearly, I think that she was in on this. I think she was pissed off that her, that they were growing whatever on her land. I kind of don't like John Bell, though, either. I kind of no, think he's, he's an a, asshole. No, I've had a neighbor like this before. Oh, no. That, like, well, I would say on our street, mm-hmm. I there were neighbors like this uh-huh. where there's a bush yeah. that was in between the land uh-huh. and they would get mad at the other neighbor for either not taking care of it oh my or gosh. like on their side because it was ruining their side yeah, of the yeah, bush. Yeah. And I just, I'm so I'm totally with you. Like he definitely sounds like obnoxious doing certain things and I understand why Kate is getting like frustrated. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I feel like she was part of the reason. Okay. All right. But, and I just, you know, poor Joshua Gardner. <laughs> Listen, he's your Wesley, and that's he fine. He's my Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, um, I'll go with you. We can toast Joshua Gardner, the, the poor, unsuspecting, just love Betsy Bell. Although it is suspected that he was involved in it too, that he but was what? faking Betsy's symptoms to get rid of the school teacher. Yeah, but it still ended with her having to marry him. Or she or broke deciding. up with him in the end. She broke up with him. Yeah. In the end. Like she was like, okay, fine, bye. Who knows why? I don't think. I I think it was Kate and Betsy. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll make a play about that. Kate and Betsy. Kate and Betsy (laughs) and Florinda and the neighbor boys coming to a theater near you. But, you know, maybe I don't want to take that away from anyone else. You know who we should toast? Who? No name. Oh, Mrs. Johnson. Because you know what? She gets no... Like, she doesn't even get to be identified. No. And she was dragged into the home just to bear witness to a terrifying event. Yeah, okay. To no name Mrs. Johnson. Yes, to no name Mrs. Johnson. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Took us a minute to come around to that one, but I'm glad we did. <laughs> That's a good one. I think it's pretty safe to say that if we had an undiagnosed medical condition in the late 1800s, or an evil spirit was exacting revenge on our houses, or we lived in a time where people were hanged for using essential oils, <clears throat> we, we would be, be dead. dead. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the We Would Be Dead podcast. 
Hit subscribe now to never miss an episode. Rate and review our show on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WouldBeDeadPod. And join our Facebook group to discuss the podcast and more. Listen, if you're a dog person with a rabbit head and a girl face, keep listening. We love you anyway.